Hi, friend. Welcome to the Olive Branch Mom Podcast. My name is Bridget Adler, a Catholic mom of four turned religion teacher. Each week, you'll hear interviews, tips, and strategies to grow in faith and find peace in the chaos, while we extend the proverbial olive branch from one spiritual viewpoint to another. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump right into it. How's your week been? Well, I mean, the kids are all home today. And then my sister and nephew and brother-in-law are coming over tomorrow. Oh, not tomorrow, Sunday. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> For Easter Sunday, we're going to have an egg hunt and brunch and general relaxation. But in order to enable that, that means a lot of work today and tomorrow. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Cleaning, making food, shopping, all, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a party. Parties take work. Yes. Yes. And our house is in a not terrific condition. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I've been like... so busy, but yeah, I'm hoping to pull everyone together for um, a little cleaning spree tonight okay. after Ben gets home because many hands make light work. It's true. <laughs> many hands. Yes. You are right. oh, and I'm tired of doing it all on my own. You know, it's not, yeah. all my mess. it's not all my mess. Right? No, it's not. Yeah. Boom. I had Cameron vacuuming the other day. Mm. Vacuuming. I'm like, so fun. this is now you enjoy. Yeah. You need to get like a so really, cute, you need to get her a really cute duster. Cause that's the She's, age where they love to dust and wipe things. Trust me. I've got her. She is. I'm like, yeah, pull your weight kid. This is, <laughs> you're not the age where you can do things. I actually got a really, really cute carpet sweeper from Amazon for uh, the atriums at school, Atria. And um, yeah, they love it. My kids love carpet sweepers. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I highly recommend a carpet sweeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, lots of good feedback on the pitching this week. Yeah. Interesting. Very I thought it was like, it's kind of funny to be <laughs> when I was thinking about partnering, partnering with an influencer, I'm like, is there an influencer on social media that wants to do this where they're not supposed to be as much on social media? You know? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. It's kind it of like, <laughs> that's right. I did not think of that. Um, that's yeah. If you're an influencer and you want to not be, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're oh. an influencer that wants to achieve a little bit more balance between what there they're doing. Because from what I've heard from a lot of people, that when you have that life, it becomes really all-encompassing. You're yeah. always taking pictures. You're always posting. It's yes. constant like commitment to this job. Yes. Which a lot of jobs can be like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, if you want a little bit of balance with your media usage and your phone usage, and you're an influencer. Hit us up. <laughs> Hit us up. Um, yeah, that that was an I it was a great recommendation. Um, I just yeah, yeah. So I would never would have thought of that. I never would have thought of that either. Um, but I think there are probably plenty of options to choose from. So I will continue pitching and I leave that piece to you. I leave the strategy of the influencer to our social media expert, Bridget. <laughs> huh. Well, I'm learning as I go. I definitely yeah. so, but um, the other thing I was gonna say is ha ha ha. We got another one of those. We don't do diet books. That was funny. I, I just, I thought you, 
all the funny. It's so nice to do this with someone else. I have to say, because like usually when I'm doing them, I'm pitching my own book that I've just written by myself, and there's no one to turn to to be like, "Can you believe this response?" So now I finally have someone to like <laughs> process with. To be like, "Come on, read it. It's not a." T- <laughs> maybe maybe when you submit a query you need there needs to be a little like not a diet book <laughs> like, I think people need to read an agent should know how to read something I think that's perhaps a bar that should be there I'm not sure if I want to lower the bar you have to meet the people where they're at I'm sorry some of these- I, yeah <laughs> I mean and, and even if you thought it was a diet yeah whatever maybe they think just standing still the standing still that I don't know it was just funny. I still think that is so funny you know aye, aye. the like idea of getting that. past you're not getting past the title which is <laughs> meet them where they're at that's where they're at so okay okay well I like that that we've gotten a lot of comments that things are really interesting like the concept is really interesting I think the validation of the concept has been the coolest part of the query process for me um and the validation that what we're doing is great on the social and the podcast but we need more <laughs> of course I would expect them more of a an endorsement I, yeah I think they're really looking for like high profile endorsements, which, um, you know, we're just two chicks living our lives. I don't, I'm not connected with one. Right. So I don't really have, and I'm not on social media intentionally. Right. So it's like, of course I'm not. (laughs) I was, I was mentioning that, um, to Ben, my husband, which you know, is my husband, but other people don't hello. Ben's my husband anyway. And I was like, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tricky when you think about building a platform bigger because, like this is not my whole life, <laughs> you yeah. know, I have a whole lot more going on and I'm doing, you know, as much as I can at the current time. And then you particularly are not going to be doing that either on social media. So in terms of building that platform, I think probably the best, that suggestion of connecting up with other people um, that are with a bigger social media following, that's really intriguing. Sure. Yeah, it is intriguing. Um, let's ponder. I'm to go about that. I'll Google that. <laughs> yeah, why don't you Google that? Why don't you Google that? Do some heavy thinking. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there with some advice, you know, so. Perhaps there usually always is. That's a very. Just have to dig a little bit. Any listener has a suggestion, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to know. Because um, I think so a, lot of, is- a lot of everything is just networking. I think you're right. It's hard to network online. <laughs> right network online because if someone's an influencer they have lots of people doing the same thing that we're trying attempting to do right a lot of people trying to like it's funny I'm like pitching the book and now we have to like pitch the the influencer to pitch the concept of the book like (laughs) exactly is the ask right what's the ask there that's a good question you know so that's just like do you want to try the stillness diet out and let us know how you like it? Like, I don't know. The book's sort of written. Maybe we just write the manuscript. I don't know. So, but like the, the cool thing about writing and the query process is like the work evolves based on the feedback. So even if you don't know what to do with it, it's like, okay, cool. Well, I'm further than I was before. You know what I mean? Like more information to sort of like figure out what to do next. So it's exciting. Right. Cause I mean, everything, everything that we have so far can be crafted further, tweaked and more developed. And I think feedback is so important. Like I am really in a, in a moment right now where I'm just still really like, I feel 
we're constantly online getting these feedback surveys, right? Yeah. They're popping up out of nowhere constantly. And you're like, okay, already, you know, yeah. I, I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how we're doing. Tell us how we're doing again. Like, like, stop asking. Yeah. <laughs> but when, thing. when you are serving people, you need to have feedback. And I feel like, cause you know, now that I'm working for the church, I'm seeing how that feedback loop is really not happening. Mm. And I think it's a big missed opportunity. I mean, maybe people, I guess, you know, I get it. Like people probably don't want to deal with it, (laughs) like hearing the negative stuff. However, that's how you grow. That's how you know how to, um, how to serve people better. I mean, you can take it all with a grain of salt, but you can still learn a lot from it. What people have to say about your service. And yep, I agree with that. And we are in the service industry as Americans. It's kind of like what we what is our bread and butter, right? And we're no different from that. So thinking yeah. about um, sort of like this, the second to the first wrap up on stillness diet, um, what, if you had to conclude sort of like final thoughts with diet and how you, I don't think we got into sort of how you use it now moving forward, or if you don't use it moving forward. I think I talked a little bit about that, but I didn't really hear from you in terms of like, what do you, what parts of it do you keep? Do you keep any of it? Like, how do you use it um, in your life moving forward? Well, I definitely think I've done a lot uh, related to the news because that was just something that was really natural for me Mm -hmm. to minimize how much news content I'm getting and being a little bit more targeted about what Mm -hmm. I want to hear and not, not going down the rabbit hole all the time. Like, Oh my gosh, now what? And what, what about this? And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then my everyday email digest of news or other alerts, I'm just like deleting stuff now instead of reading or unsubscribing, uh, that type of thing. And I definitely have seen my phone usage go down since I took a really hard look at the data on my phone of like, yeah. whoa, that was a lot more than I thought. yeah Yeah, because that that does reflect into your everyday life it's like I do spend I still think I spend way too much time on my phone but at least now I've had a reckoning if you will you know and an ability to to think about it differently you know it's Mm -hmm. all about the perspective of it too and then I think going forward I think we did talk a little bit about this before, but it is really important to celebrate your wins and your progress. And like saints will often say this about forgiveness or making progress of forget about yesterday. Okay. Today we're starting all over, (laughs) you know, we don't need to beat ourselves up. It's in the past. Yeah. But the, the, the yes. correct thing to do is to then you're right. You're riding the ship again. You yeah. are making sure you're not going to sink. You're readjusting. And maybe we did talk about this, but the idea of placing it on your calendar to do a self evaluate evaluation, I think is really powerful because I noticed if I don't put things in my calendar, it's like, it doesn't exist. And like weeks and months go by and then you procrastinate and then you realize, wow, I guess like, whew, I haven't done that in forever. <laughs> I need to, like one of my good friends here in town, she and I, we went for like way too long without getting together. So she's, she's like every first Friday of the month, 
will have like a standing date to go out for lunch. And that has been really great because she and I are both very busy. And even if you're not busy, you can tend to let time pass by and you don't even know how long it's been and yeah. since you've done something or seen a person or whatever else. So calendaring and entering that in um, alert reminders, that's using technology in a helpful way for sure. Or even putting mm-hmm. it on your paper calendar, like, hey, circle the date mm-hmm. and put a little notation on there. So I've got many calendars. <laughs> I've got paper. I've got a planner. I've got it on my phone. <laughs> and I still forget stuff. Okay. <laughs> I think we also wanted, so thank you. That's helpful. I think we also wanted to talk a little bit about how, you know, there's a specific advice or guidance we would give to new mothers. Cause I think this oh, yeah. time where the enforced stillness of a newborn um, can be very unsettling was for me. And I know it can be for other women as well and ways to work through that. Right. Cause it's like, you're in a situation where, um, your limit, there's just a limitation, even if, um, you're one of those people that are like, I just had a baby and I'm going to Italy. Even that you still are, there's a cycle and a link that child needs to be fed, needs to be napped. There's just, there's just, that's just the fact. Right. So, um, what advice would we give to like new mothers that are kind of like forced into the stillness diet without wanting to be, and maybe, um, having a hard time. Cause I know I tried to escape like with my phone or with television or with podcasts to sort of like numb the feeling of just like being there all the time. Um, so I think it's worth a discussion of just sort of like what things might be useful for someone in a situation like that. First of all, when you have a baby, your first baby, you realize that your schedule is not your own anymore. You have to roll with it. And the things that you thought you could control are not anymore under your control. You have to follow the child. You have to go with what the baby needs and when they need it. And that can be a really hard turnaround for some people to reckon with. I mean, it's, it's really hard to go from being self-centered largely, right. And all about your own life and your own self to maintaining another life and making sure that 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 child gets what it needs when it needs it, not on your time or your agenda. You know, they're going to ask for what they need (laughs) with the crying Mm and you can't escape it. It's like this child is now in control of a lot and learning how to let go in that situation and let, and let things kind of evolve on their own can be very hard. And the idea of just being home in the quiet with a baby, because quite honestly, it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, oh my gosh, the baby's crying, hurry up and deal with it. And then a lot of, okay, now we're like doing nothing. You know, like the baby's napping, you know, there there can be a certain level of boredom that can happen when you have a new baby. Yes. And you don't have any other children to deal with. Your first child is like a whole different, different experience when you have multiple children. Yeah. However, first child, you know, I think everybody goes through wondering like, what am I going to do with my day? And they envision themselves with the schedule that doesn't happen because the baby is going to change it. So you just always need to stay fluid and, and be able to just roll with whatever's going on with the baby. And that can be very hard, very hard for a lot of people. I guess my, my best advice for people that are dealing with the idea of, um, 
too much silence, too much time in the quiet. Okay. My best advice is to get outside. And this can be a big, big problem when you have your first child and you're like, okay, um, going outside and doing anything where I actually have to accomplish something like go to target or something or the grocery store where you, you never like this ticking time bombs with you. Like, what if the baby needs to eat? What if the baby mm-hmm. needs his diaper change? Mm-hmm. What if the baby starts crying, you know, yeah. and you just overthink it so intensely that you don't end up going anywhere. Yeah. Cause this can be a real paralyzing thing. I remember, uh, I have a really good friend that I've known for a long time. And I went to see her after the baby was born and I took her on her first trip to Walmart. I'm like, let's do this. Like, let's go. You know, we went to Walmart and she's like, well, what happens if he starts crying? I'm like, we just leave, abandon the cart, abandon the cart, abandon the cart. It's fine. If you're in the checkout, Everyone knows that you have a baby crying and you're going to be getting out of there. I mean, no one's going to be like, oh my gosh, your baby's crying. You know, it's like people are used to kids crying and they know. I mean, most people, most grownups and above have the experience of having their own child or being a grandparent or babysitting or having siblings or whatever else. It's like, we are all very understanding about babies crying, I would say, as a culture, you know, in, especially at Walmart. I mean, come on, like these, this is where families shop target their family shop and we are always and my people might give you some like kind of all looks because they've been there (laughs) more so than a judgy look it's like almost like almost every single time it'll be like oh my gosh you know I'm so sorry like I wish I could help kind of thing right because they know like you're a you're like a, a mom that's just trying to get stuff done and you got this baby crying and you're just pushing through because you're at the checkout now you know like anywhere else in the store you can just drop and go like take that baby out of there I'm like leave that cart it's totally fine no one's going to judge you on that so that is another important thing about getting out with a baby and I mean if you need to pack as much as you think you're going to need for that first journey you go for it pack it up pack it up because if it makes you feel comfortable it's your dog barking she's dreaming (laughs) I can't edit that out so I'll wait for her to stop yeah. So for the first journey out, if you want to pack as much as you possibly can, that makes you feel secure, go for it. I mean, you, you'll learn how to tailor it down later. And it really is something that'll change your whole day is if you can get out just anywhere, even if it's like cold and you want to go. I mean, I think you see it quite often at Target. You know, these are moms that are just needing to get out of the house. So even if you're just going to the coffee shop to have a coffee and sitting with your baby, this is good. Like this, I think the change of scenery is really important for you when you're home with a baby. And I think with every child, I got more and more portable. (laughs) You know what I mean? More and more willing to go places with this baby and less scared of like, oh my gosh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And whatever else. But I'm still wasn't one of those like moms that literally took my baby everywhere all the time. You know, like some people are like nursing on the fly and all that. And like, no, (laughs) I'm kind of more, I was more in the middle of that really getting outside in like, you'll see even moms just planning to have one stroller walk a day. If the weather permits is something that can change your whole mood, you know, just getting out there and getting some time into nature when you have a young baby is very, very healing because you're getting sunshine, hopefully, if it's not raining. Yeah, you're, 
you're getting all this stuff of nature that kind of can reconnect you. And people love seeing babies too. So it's really fun to like interact with other people that have babies and reaching out to mom's groups and things like that can be really fun because you can build some real lifetime friendships there. It's kind of funky. And then some of them will just be friends for a season. We only have the, the thing in common is a baby and that's it. <laughs> you know, there's that, you know, the kind of relationship you can have with other moms, but then others will be people that will know your child from birth and your kids will be friends. And I think leaning on and building a village made my last pregnancy completely different than my other pregnancies, because by that time I already had a whole group of friends before that with my first three children, I was in a town where I didn't know anybody and I was working and we didn't have any family around and I wasn't involved in my community. I wasn't involved in a church. I didn't, you know, I just had my work friends and they were all older, had grown children (laughs) and none of my friends had had any babies yet or, and my sister didn't have a baby yet. So I was kind of like on my own. And I did seek some mom groups and built some relationships by the time I had Finn my third child, but then things were incredibly different by the time I had Lexi because my neighbor, she grew up in a giant family and she had a bunch of kids and she just was so instrumental in showing me how important it is to just be there for other moms. Cause she was that kind of mom. That's like, sure. I'll watch your kids. So you can go to the doctor. Sure. Big deal. Fine. (laughs) And she's like, no, I don't want anything in return. And no, it's not an imposition. You know, because people really think that they're going to impose if they ask for help. I don't know. It's kind of funny because I like to really offer a lot of help to people. And then I'll get back. Oh, my gosh. I I couldn't ask you that. Oh, my. Oh, my word. You know, like that whole flustery, like, are you sure that's okay? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, because I'm willing to do it. And I know most people are, too. Like, when you think about someone ever asking you for help with something, most of the time you're like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, and then you know, the idea of feeling like you have to reciprocate then is like another boundary to asking for help. It's like, if you're building friendships and you're building a community with the people in your neighborhood or whatever else, it's like, it'll come like your moment to help them will come. Like not, you don't have to worry about it being some like giant, you know, game of, you know, like, if you do this, then I have to do that. And I don't want to, you know, impose, or I don't want to do this or whatever. It's like really the, I think one of the major problems with our current culture of um, child rearing is the isolation of mothers from any kind of community or village or their ancestral family of origin living nearby and, you know, not having relatives nearby. And I know, you know what that's like, because again, (laughs) you're in that situation. So just that isolation of not being able to be with other moms can be very hard because then a lot of you turn to the internet for advice because you're not having a natural village. And that can really have, um, that can have some really yucky effects too, because there's so much extremism online, so much people freaking out over nothing kind of stuff that can get a new mom really scared or paralyzed again by like too many choices. Because when you think about it, a hundred years ago, you would most likely just ask your mom and just do whatever all the other, you know, like what your mom told you to do. And that cut down on a lot of the paralyzing choices for you to decide about, oh, what am I going to do for their sleep schedule? You know, things like that. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Um, I think you're highlighting a lot of things that are great for just like good things to do as you're like a new mom and you're building your new life. 
I think as it relates to stillness diet in general, I would just say to not be afraid of the boredom and not be afraid of the stillness because it offers an opportunity, a learning opportunity for you. Can you fill that time with friendships and community? Yes. And should you? Yes. However, again, there are going to be seasons in life where these things are just not accessible to you. And I think the message I have is like, what can you learn from those moments? What is the, what is in quotes, the problem with being by yourself with other, you know, are there things you, are you holding back? Are there thoughts, emotions you don't want to be feeling? New motherhood is so overwhelming that I think the first thing you want to do is numb it out. Like mommy needs her wine. is like the new cults, right? That like, Mm -hmm. get yourself some margaritas. It'll be fine. It's like, it's, these are not saying that's not great. I'm sure it is, but it's like, what, stop turning away from the stillness, turn towards it. It's going to be really hard to do, but again, it's a really interesting opportunity to be like, what am I so afraid of? Well, I think you're making such, yeah, sorry. You're making such a good point because it's about the perspective that you're leading with here, because if you're willing to acknowledge the fact that this, the first few months to the first year of being a mom here is going to have a lot of quiet, boring moments or moments of stillness that you didn't anticipate. So having a perspective of embracing that time, and I think this is where elements of the stillness diet do come into play because it, especially regarding a lot of our different chapters about creativity or prayer or things like that, it's like you have a choice now of what to do with that time. And having a choice and having a positive perspective on it can change it all. You know, it's like a game changer for sure. So if you're willing to sit and, and acknowledge the need to fill this time with something really positive and nourishing, then that can change it from thinking, oh man, now my life is so limited here with this baby and so isolated. It's like, no, you're giving up, you're getting one brief moment of your lifetime to this newborn and it's going to end. And I think that is it's kind of funny. Cause that's kind of been like my biggest advice to like other moms when they first have their baby is like everything that you thought was such a big deal is going to end. And then there's going to be a new thing. Like, don't get into that. Like, this is going to last forever and be horrible. You know, it's like that kid that wouldn't sleep at night eventually is going to sleep at night someday. Like that kid that won't learn how to use the toilet will eventually learn how to use the toilet. It's like, you just know that it's going to change and there'll be something else. And that's okay. But where the stillness diet comes in for moms, it's like they think of being a young mom, like I never get any stillness or quiet. Well, especially if you have a toddler and another baby, but you'll see there is time to carve that out. And you can start teaching if you're someone that has a tot, you know, toddlers and up, this is your opportunity to model some quiet and stillness to them too. And to teach them some of your own techniques. Um, there's an exercise we do in the atrium called making silence with the kids. It's like literally called making silence and you sit and you touch, you know, put your hand on your heart and you feel your heartbeat and you exhale in and you exhale out and you just see how long you can make silence for. It might only be like a minute or less with a toddler, but you'll see, like, they'll follow you. If you're, if you are doing this, you're like, let's make silence. Like, okay. It's like a fun game for them in a way. And like, even if you don't quote unquote succeed, like, oh my gosh, we were only quiet for like a tiny bit. Every little bit like builds upon itself. These are little habits 
that build upon themselves. Like all the different elements in the stillness diet can be rearranged and tweaked to fit where you're at and like what, what season of life that you're in. Cause there are people that are now, you know, on the other side of it where all their children have grown up and left and they're faced with a lot of stillness again. And that's where we can start filling that time with something that is nourishing and something that's going to build contentment and instead of things that are going to stress us out even further. Yeah, I agree. And I think something you mentioned about, you know, the mother with like two or three kids is like laughing right now. Like I would love a still moment, but it doesn't necessarily mean quiet. It can mean like, you know, if your children are playing, are you just maniacally doing things around the house? Mm. Do, like the cult of busyness, we've talked about this is another way to numb ourselves to be like, well, I'm doing what I'm, you know, I, I need to make dinner. I need this and that. I need that instead of just appreciating the moment for what it is, right? Not as you're still escaping in many ways. I think when we sort of force this importance of like being productive and do, you know what I mean? I notice it with my child too, of just like, what's wrong with just hanging out with her for a little bit? Like, why do I have to either be on my phone, reading a book, be doing something else that I find in quotes pleasurable? What is wrong? It's just because, you know, you might view, and many people do, playing with a young child is not exactly everyone's cup of tea. Every person has a preferred age range, right? And some don't like kids at all, right? So it's like mm-hmm. it's sort of put yourself in their shoes and play their games. Sometimes it's in quotes, boring. What's boring? Like explore that. What's boring about it? Why don't you like doing it? I just like everything initially turn away from in our culture. It's very everything in American culture is predicated on like, we've talked about this. Don't be uncomfortable ever. If you don't like this bag, buy another one. It'll be better for you. If you don't like this shoe, buy another one. Never be in pain. Never be uncomfortable. Why should you settle for that? Get a pill, get a cream, take a vitamin. You should, you know what I mean? Like Mm. it can be like this forever, comfort forever. But it's like, again, that's not the reality of many people's lives, mine included. Right. So it's like, Turn towards the discomfort. Why don't you like it? You might be able to learn something about yourself or your child, right? Instead of trying to outrun it, right? I feel like it's just sort of by the time you reach the midpoint of your life, which I'm proud to say I'm in, like I'm over 40 now, it's kind of like you start getting interested in what you've been avoiding for so long. It's like, what? what is it about that that upsets me? And start being really sort of, again, looking... I think stillness diet is not about like meditating. It's not about monetizing. It's not about any of those things. It's about connecting again with your true self and why you're here. What are you here for to experience life? How do you really experience life? By dropping everything else and embracing what's in front of you at that moment, right? So that to me is the opportunity. We have these traumatic events in our life, births, deaths, illnesses, job losses, And they, I believe sometimes are meant to shake us out of a path that maybe wasn't serving us. It doesn't happen that way, but often it's it's a door. It's like the chaos of the child or the chaos of the death or the chaos of the illness, the discomfort in that can be an opportunity to look inward and be like, well, do I want to continue doing what do I want to make a change? Is this okay for now? Like, I feel like these are opportunities, but instead a lot of the balm of our culture is like, well, maybe you just have postpartum depression and you need to be on all these antidepressants. And I'm not saying that's not a solution, but it, I just feel like we so quick, we're so quick to jump to like the pill that being like, what, why don't you go in and ask yourself what's going on? Right. Maybe the answer is now outward. Maybe it's inside. Maybe it's inward. Like those voice you've been ignoring for so long. Just like pain in the body. I think feeling uncomfortable or discomfort in a moment is something that's 
it's that feedback loop. It's that, how are we doing? Um, <laughs> alert message rank from one to five. It's like exploring. I think he had a, a lot of really good stuff to say about how embracing it instead of ignoring it or band-aiding it can really be a huge positive change because then you can learn and grow from it. That I think is really the cornerstone. You can learn and grow. Of- and then you also will get derailed less. And when you do get derailed, you can put yourself back on that track quicker because you'll feel yourself coming up. You know what I mean? If you have, if you clean your house every week, you will never get into a hoarder situation. Why you clean it every week? If you clean your house once a year, it's not, you know what I mean? It's, it's a question of sort of like living in stillness and embracing the types of techniques in the diet is a way of staying in touch with your true self every day. And if you're doing that every day, again, when big things happen, they're still going to hit you hard. Like they hit all of us, but the hope is you're so connected. You'll be like, you know what, this is, this is what I can't control this. Or you might have a different perspective. I think when you're so rigid, when you built up this, when you've built up this system to avoid pain and something really big happens, it just snaps you in half. Sometimes the whole house of cards comes falling down. But if you're able to not, this is what I feel like Jesus talks a lot about, build your house on the rock, like find your foundation. I think that's great advice. <laughs> it's sort of like, wouldn't that make sense to you? And you don't have to be religious, like the per, the three little pigs in the house of bricks. Like we, we talk about, there's so many allegories about this in our culture. And I think this is, we have a hard time understanding what it really means. But to me, that's what this means. It's a stillness way of living of sort of, always being in touch with what's going on with you, right? Whether it's a trying time, like you said, not and being, um, giving ourselves a bit of a break when it comes to like, well, I'm still not, I think we have this illusion that like, if we do stillness diet, we become these like Zen earth mother, Zen earth mothers, you know what I mean? That like never get upset. And, and it's not that at all. It's like, we're still the same flawed creatures that we are now, but like, I think we appreciate the perfection and flaw, you know what I mean? Of just like, I'm imperfectly perfect. This is how I made, you know what I mean? I embrace it. It's an acceptance. Well, everything's kind of a continuum too. As you go along in life, you're constantly being able to readjust and adapt. You know, that's survival, correct? However, (laughs) you know, mindfully being in the moment and being present with how you're thinking and feeling when you make these adjustments, maybe that's what we're talking about here as a major key of, a lot of the concepts that we're talking about with the stillness diet, which you already were saying, you know, it's mindfulness is having such a huge movement right now, but also what the stillness diet does is it challenges you to think about your reasons behind it and the change that you want to see happen and trying out all these different techniques so that when you're at the end of it, you can decide, okay, what worked for me the best? What didn't work for me? What do I want to keep? What I want, what do I want to, you know, reach out to somebody for accountability on, Mm -hmm. um, which I think can be super powerful. Your posture pal, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's stop slouching at the computer, people. Yeah. Like (laughs) I see you slouching. Oh, you know. (laughs) Yes. I know what you mean. And I think um, if I would just like wrap. Uh, wrap this up in when I would just say in closing, like this is something that, you know, it might not be the answer, but I think it's getting you close to the right types of questions to ask about your life. I think it will, um, can deliver a lot of clarity, even if that clarity is more confusion, because at least if you're getting to the core of 
on, on, on your unveiling the layers of this other you've built upon yourself of needing certain things to feel safe. We all do this, right? And by stripping away the multitasking and stripping away the, oh, having two TVs on and the music and a, and scrolling. I, I can't tell you how many times I see people scrolling through their phones while watching something on TV. Like again, oh, yeah, I've done it. think about that behavior. I'm not saying I have, I love doing that, but it's like, again, like just be aware. I know you and I talked about it. Almost be aware of what you're doing. If just the awareness, you don't have to change a thing. If you're just aware of how you're doing, what you're doing in life to avoid uncomfortable thoughts, feelings, emotions, you will be further along than the majority of people on this earth because it's just human nature to want to escape. And we've got so many options to do it. That's sort of like final thoughts, stillness diet. What about you? Final thoughts. I agree with a lot of that. Just knowing the right, even thinking about going through these steps. Yes. I think they're going to help you ask the right questions of yourself. And you said clarity. I think that's kind of like a, a word you hear a lot. I mean, I'm watching this ridiculous dating show on Netflix and like, oh, I tried and now I have clarity on my relationship. I'm like, well, clarity is a big deal. Like some, you know, I really do think it's a, can be used as like a buzzword, but really it is about that trial and error that leads you to um, a correct decision. So I think that in the my closing thoughts about the stillness diet is that this is a really good starting point for people that are looking for more in life. They're looking for what's missing in their life because we are so full of everything else right now. And maybe the, tr- the real answer here is to pursue stillness because in that stillness, you're learning so much about yourself. You're reconnecting in such a healthy way. Because quite honestly, like human beings are not meant to be dealing with this level of input. <laughs> and I think that's a whole reason why you see so much anxiety. Yeah. So much stress. I agree. With and you. to strip it all away in a step-by-step fashion. And it is so powerful. And like the way that stillness diet is set up, it's not like you're, you know, going cold turkey on everything all at once either. You know, you're trying some different techniques that are going to bring you more present to bring you more in the moment. And that's all. I mean, what do we have? We have the moment. We have the present. The past is gone. The future is yet to be. And a lot of anxiety has to do with being concerned about something that happened or something that will happen instead of being rooted right in the moment. I think it's just a potential really good answer for anxiety or or a complimentary program for you, if you will, if you're looking to go a little bit deeper, you're looking to bring a little bit more peace to your life, new techniques for dealing with your anxiety that is not related to medication. I mean, you can still pair it with whatever else you need too, but I think it's going to give you a whole different outlook for sure. Well, I couldn't put it better than that. I think you've summed it up quite nicely. I like hmm. it. Um, nice ender. Thank you. Nice ender. <laughs> nice little, little bow. Put a little bow on that. So I appreciate it. Awesome sauce. So awesome sauce. Should we say goodbye? And I think, I think we, we might- should say goodbye and I open. Um, I need to get a copy of Meditations Before Mass. I want to do, um, I want to talk about that book because I really liked the passages that you sent me. And I want to, yes, I want to do like a chapter by chapter. I'd love that. I would really love that. Yeah. Let me find it. Um, Let me see if I can find it through my library because I'm that woman. It might be difficult. 
you might have to buy it because yeah. I don't think it's in I don't think it's in wide circulation. However, you might get lucky. You know, you are in a big metro area. <laughs> okay. Right, or so maybe you can find it used. You never know. Because that's like one of those books that you can keep and keep going back to or share with somebody. It's only $10 on the Kindle. All right. Well, well, well. Then you can, if it's on your Kindle, then that's so super convenient. It is super convenient. Yes. I love my Kindle. I love it. Again, like I am losing, again, now doing stillness, I'm using my library more because it's just too too tempting to be on the phone because I don't have a separate Kindle. I just have the phone, the app on my phone. I have a separate Kindle and I, you know, I, there's a lot to be said for that. There is I, a lot to be said for that. I had when I gave it away. I feel silly now. Would have been really good to have now. <laughs> Oops. Well, put it on your Christmas list. I put guess. it on my Christmas list. Mother's Day's anyway. coming. Mother's Day's I know coming. this. <laughs> Get a Kindle again. All right. <laughs> you. Have an amazing weekend and an awesome Easter. And I will talk to you next week. Okay. Sounds good. I'll be back with another episode in one week. In the meantime, check out more content on olivebranchmom.com and follow me on Instagram at olivebranchmom. Check out my show notes for links to both. Thanks for listening.